This is a Cross and Crown Church production. For other resources, please visit crosscrownchurch.com. Book title, The Kingdom Driven Life. Author, Sunday at Elijah. Published by Cornerstone Publishing. Copyright 2015. Narrated by Jason Garwood. Chapter 4. Principles of the Kingdom. Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, and with all thy soul, and with all thy mind. This is the first and great commandment. And the second is like unto it. Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. Matthew 22, 37-39 The kingdom of God is a spiritual reality filled with divine power to transform individual lives, communities, and nations. As we begin to understand the purpose for God's kingdom on the earth from the beginning of time, we can begin to appreciate the privilege we have as born-again believers to extend the kingdom of God in our world. As we realize the priority of the kingdom of God, the passion of his heart, we can only be moved to worship him. The love of the Father for each of us and the unfathomable treasure of his kingdom especially as revealed in Jesus' parables, should cause us to surrender our lives unreservedly to fulfill His will on the earth. Still, many Christians do not reflect a kingdom lifestyle that reveals the passion of God's heart for the world. As I observed earlier, entire churches are built to enshrine the personality and fulfill the agenda of the pastor without giving consideration to the real needs of the community. Sadly. Many religious people do not understand the eternal purposes of God regarding His kingdom coming to earth. That is because these divine truths cannot be understood by the natural intellect. The Spirit of God must reveal them to our redeemed spirit. The scriptures state this fact clearly. For what man knoweth the things of a man, save the spirit of man which is in him? Even so the things of God knoweth no man, but the Spirit of God. Now we have received not the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit which is of God, that we might know the things that are freely given to us of God. But the natural man receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness unto him. Neither can he know them, because they are spiritually discerned. 1 Corinthians 2, 11-12 and 14 As we consider the foundational principles of the kingdom of God, We need to realize that the Spirit of God must reveal these underlying divine truths to us. Intellectual assent will never substitute for the passion of a heart that yearns to know God and to help others to know Him. When we receive the Spirit of God into our lives, we can begin to know the things that are freely given to us of God. Out of the intimacy of that personal relationship with God will burst forth our passionate desire to be a part of extending His principles for living on the earth. The Holy Spirit will teach us how to share the treasures of the kingdom in our sphere of life. We will learn how to present principles of righteousness to others that brings healing and wholeness, without alienating people because of our religious dogma, traditions, and empty creeds. Religious practices and doctrinal issues cannot take precedence over presenting kingdom principles to lost people. When that happens, we become like the Pharisees whom Jesus accused of shutting up the kingdom of heaven so that people could not get in. Matthew 23, 13. 
Unfortunately, much of the church's approach today has had the effect of shutting up the kingdom to needy souls. When Jesus taught the principles of the kingdom of God, he challenged people to embrace them in order to receive eternal life. He promised them life more abundantly, John 10.10, filled with fruitfulness, peace, joy, and love. It is amazing that anyone could have turned down such an opportunity for heaven on earth in relationship with the King of Kings. Unfortunately, today we often present our religious practices and dogmas to people instead of the kingdom and its values. Hence, many do not want to have anything to do with the church. Understanding Kingdom Principles Earlier I wrote that you are hardwired for the kingdom of God. I explained that the principles of the kingdom are inherent to all of life and cannot be violated without suffering consequences. From the natural laws like gravity to the spiritual laws of love and forgiveness, kingdom principles still rule the universe. They cannot be altered or broken. They do not change. Violating them, either in ignorance or willfully, results in self-destruction. A principle is defined simply by Webster's Dictionary as, quote, a comprehensive and fundamental law, a rule or code of conduct, end quote. It is important that you are able to clearly define and present kingdom principles to others, especially to those who have no apparent interest in religion. Kingdom principles have as little to do with religion today as they did in Jesus' day. Today, even in the face of governmental leaders who call for separation of church and state, believers can learn to practice and to present to others as well the fundamental laws of the kingdom of God. A New Commandment When Jesus declared, quote, A new commandment I have given unto you, that ye love one another, as I have loved you, that ye also love one another, end quote, he was articulating the most fundamental principle of the kingdom of God. In that commandment, he defined the nature of his kingdom based on the essence of who God is. God is love, 1 John 4 eight, And he was stating the priority of the kingdom regarding our relationship to others, that ye also love one another. This comprehensive law of love is to be reflected in every attitude, word, and action of our lives as believers. That divine love must characterize the message of the gospel wherever it is preached, in the marketplace as well as in pulpits. Jesus presented the realities of the kingdom of God without the religious dogma, creeds, or man-made practices of the Jewish religion that had become so oppressive to its adherents. His answer to all of life's complexities was simply to seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, Matthew 6.33 and he condemned the religious leaders of the day for their wrong motivation and oppression of the people. The scribes and the Pharisees sit in Moses' seat. All therefore, whatsoever they bid you observe, that observe and do. But do not ye after their works, for they say and do not. For they bind heavy burdens and grievous to be borne, and they lay them on men's shoulders, but they themselves will not move them with one of their fingers but all their works they do for to be seen of men. Matthew 23, 2-5 Jesus told the people to observe the teachings of the religious leaders as they were faithful to communicate the law of Moses. 
but he warned them not to imitate the motivation or works of these proud, uncaring men who loved to lord it over the people, considering themselves to be superior, and requiring heavy religious burdens of the people. Their actions could be compared to the church dogma of our day that interprets the scriptures legalistically and requires certain external codes of conduct, separating believers into denominations to protect those theological positions. Too many religious leaders have promoted religion without making the law of love the foundational principle and priority of their lives. Foundational Principles Jesus presented the comprehensive truth of the kingdom of God in two parallel aspects. One, the gospel of salvation, which he was to accomplish through his death at Calvary and his resurrection. The purpose of salvation is to transfer us from the kingdom of darkness to his kingdom, the kingdom of light. And two, the gospel of the kingdom. This is the kingdom, the inheritance Jesus bought for us, where we have our citizenship and the responsibility to extend this kingdom, restoring the earth through the values and principles of the kingdom. Unfortunately, most preaching today centers around the first aspect, the gospel of salvation. There is little understanding of the second aspect of Jesus' teaching regarding what we are saved to. This is described as the gospel of the kingdom. I do not mean to imply that there are two Gospels. There are not. That was never the intent of Jesus' message. However, because much of Christendom is preaching only half of the Gospel, which is how we are transferred, neglecting the second part, which is where we are saved too. The result is that those of us who are preaching the whole Gospel of the Kingdom may seem to be presenting a second Gospel. That is a result of the failure of the modern church to grasp the significance of Jesus' message of salvation and of the kingdom. This lack of understanding the whole gospel is not a new problem. The writer to the Hebrews introduced us to this problem of focusing on a half gospel. He admonished believers to grow up. Therefore, leaving the principles of the doctrine of Christ, Let us go on unto perfection, not laying again the foundation of repentance from dead works, and of faith toward God, of the doctrine of baptisms, and of laying on of hands, and of resurrection of the dead, and of eternal judgment. And this we will do if God permit. Hebrews 6, 1-3 According to this passage, the writer to the Hebrews calls certain teachings foundational principles of Christ regarding eternal salvation and he admonishes believers to go on to perfection, not just focusing on these foundational teachings of the kingdom of God. There are six principles, or divine laws, referenced in this passage, which are basic teachings of Christianity. 1. Repentance 2. Faith 3. Baptisms 4. Laying on of hands 5. Resurrection of the dead and six. Eternal judgment. The scripture refers to these principles as foundational, Hebrews 6 1. They pertain to what I call the gospel of salvation or the first aspect of the kingdom of God that Jesus preached regarding how we are transferred. Unfortunately, these are the only principles that many churches today are teaching and preaching. There are many churches that teach only repentance unto salvation. You must be born again. Then, after people are born again, 
These pastors focus on finding ways to keep people in church, making them good church members, and occupying them with the activities of the church. Even their evangelistic efforts are simply to get more people to receive the gospel of salvation and become church members. Sound familiar? This is the entire focus of many churches today. They are oblivious to the second half of the gospel, which tells us what to do in the kingdom, and that Jesus articulated in his prayer, Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Matthew 6.10 Understanding the Gospel When Jesus spoke of the end of the world, he declared that it would not come until the gospel of the kingdom had been preached in all the world. And this gospel of the kingdom shall be preached in all the world for a witness unto all nations, and then shall the end come. Matthew 24, 14. The word gospel in the Greek language simply means a good message. The gospel is the good news about something. I could bring you the good news that my wife is going to have a baby. That is good news. It is gospel. But Jesus qualified the use of the word gospel with a specific assignment to preach the gospel of the kingdom of God. Let the dead bury their dead, but go thou and preach the kingdom of God. Luke 9, verse 60. After the foundational truths of salvation are believed and received, according to the scriptures, we are to move forward and go on to perfection. Maturing in our faith involves becoming ambassadors for Christ to bring the reality of his kingdom to earth and to fulfill the will of God in earth as it is in heaven. Extending these principles of the kingdom on the earth is the destiny of every believer. Because we have not understood the relationship between establishing a local church and extending kingdom principles throughout the whole world, we have settled for something less than the gospel of the kingdom. It leaves people in a state of salvation without understanding the work they have to do. The church is not the kingdom, which we will discuss more in the next chapter. The church is the body of Christ on the earth whose mandate is to promote the kingdom and extend kingdom principles in every sphere of life. Few leaders are preaching this message of the kingdom. They simply preach the message of salvation. This misunderstanding of the gospel diminishes the priority and power of the kingdom. Many Christians tell me after I teach the gospel of the kingdom that they have never heard anything about the kingdom, though they have attended church all their lives. They have been taught about repentance, faith, baptisms, and other foundational teachings. But they have not heard of the aspect of the gospel that involves the restoration of the values, lifestyle, and principles of the kingdom to their family, their community, and beyond. Establishing love, integrity, justice, and righteousness in every sphere of life where we have influence is the way believers fulfill the petition, Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Redemption of the World When Adam and Eve sinned, God did not curse the man, he cursed the earth, so that it is bearing the consequences of the sin of the man. Because of that curse, Life is difficult for everyone. Thorns and thistles sprang forth from the ground instead of the exquisiteness of the vegetation of the Garden of Eden. God told Adam, Cursed is the ground for your sake. In toil you shall eat of it all the days of your life. Both thorns and thistles it shall bring forth for you, and you shall eat the herb of the field. 
In the sweat of your face you shall eat bread. Genesis 3, 17-19 Jesus gave his life to redeem mankind from the effects of sin. While that victory does not immediately restore the earth, the pristine state of the Garden of Eden, it does restore the responsibility of believers for stewardship for the earth. And it gives us responsibility to work to redeem society from the ills stemming from irresponsibility and other faces of sin. The Holy Spirit deals with lost souls, desiring to save them and nurture their faith to maturity in the image of Christ, thus fulfilling the foundational principles of the kingdom taught by the church. The church is also to be led by the Holy Spirit to empower and equip believers to bring the values of the kingdom to the sphere of life in which they have influence. As they mature in the love of God, they become God-carriers, ambassadors for Christ, reconciling people to God and together with the passion and the power changing even the environment and atmosphere of society. This is how we serve others in love. Transformation of Society Subduing the kingdom of darkness to the dominion of the kingdom of light is the assignment, the destiny and responsibility of the church. We are called to extend the love of God to all and the values of the kingdom into our troubled society filled with fatherless children, confused teens, unwed mothers, broken marriages, faulty educational systems, corrupt business enterprises, and greedy governmental policies. This is what Jesus meant by his command to let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. Matthew 5.16 Heather Veach is a lovable ex-stripper turned evangelist. She started a ministry to help women in the sex industries. Her mission of love persuaded a young Christian pastor and a few women from her church to join her. Heather calls her group J.C.'s Girls and started taking the team to strip clubs and porn conventions for outreach to lap dancers, hookers, and porn queens. Ironically, the sex industry welcomes J.C.'s girls, but powerful forces in the Christian church refuse to tolerate Heather's immoral ministry. She receives hate mail and death threats accusing her of being a a fame-seeking fake who is softening the gospel but she refuses to back down from her mission, producing a documentary film called The Pussycat Preacher, which won an audience favorite award at the 2008 SinQuest Film Festival. Out of 285 films in competition for this award, Pussycat Preacher won by a margin of 3 to 1. It is a story that is sometimes sad and other times funny, but all true. It cuts to the core of issues of faith, Love and Tolerance Heather is allowing the redeeming love of God that rescued her to give her a platform among the untouchables of her social sphere, for which the some in the church seemingly had no answer and less regard. Porn industry is Heather's ministry. She didn't shy away from it because she believes that the God in her is greater than the evil in the industry. Her light is stronger than the darkness there. Some of these people would not have had another chance of hearing the gospel since they won't go to church. Redeeming the Social Sphere Through NGOs and NPOs The assignment of every believer in presenting the gospel, the good news of the kingdom, is to become responsible for his or her promised land. That is, they are to function effectively 
in their place of destiny where they wield the power of kingdom principles to transform their environment through their godly lifestyle. In this way, believers can impact people in every dimension of society, education, government, music, business, and every sphere of society with the love, peace, joy, and righteousness of God. The kingdom of God must not be limited to the four walls of the church. As a pastor in Europe, I have discovered that it has become more and more difficult to witness and evangelize openly in the society. This is because open testimony and witness is considered an antisocial behavior, especially in Europe. In a situation such as this, where you are not allowed to voice your faith openly, we in the Embassy of God have discovered that one of the most effective ways of bringing the gospel to even the hardest social citadels is through social organizations, known in some countries as non-government organizations, NGOs, or non-profit organizations, NPOs. As a result, thanks to this strategy, our church now has NPOs for everything. Members of the Embassy of God have established over 3,000 functioning organizations, of which 600 are registered with the government. They vary from social organizations for drug addicts, alcoholics, abused women, single mothers, needy families, former prostitutes, teachers, youth, teenagers, to just anything that anybody has a burden for. This is so important because church organizations, seen as a religious institutions, are most often not allowed to openly bring the gospel to places such as schools, prisons, etc. But through social organizations, they don't have a religious face. We have been able to have an impact on lives that goes beyond what any pastor could have done from the pulpit. This is what it means to be the church outside the four walls of our church organizations. Serving Prisoners One of the social organizations is for prisoners, led by Yuri, who was captured in prison for his illegal activities. He was known as the godfather of the Kievsky Mafia family. As he served time in prison, he came to know Christ through the Embassy of God's prison programs. As he pursued his relationship with Christ, he became a prison pastor. Now he has been released from prison and continues to train pastors to minister in prisons. He has hundreds of pastors who are now ministering in prisons in Ukraine. These one-time social outcasts are redeeming men and women from the dark world of crime by presenting the light of the gospel, the principles of the kingdom of God. The love of God that reached into the once darkened heart and mind of Yuri is now being shed abroad to thousands of lost souls in the Ukrainian prison system. Yuri was not content to receive the peace of God for his own soul. His passion is to alleviate the suffering of his fellow prisoners. He has become a mature believer, equipped to bring the kingdom of God to earth and restore the will of God to many who sat in darkness. Today there are over 10,000 believers in prisons through the ministry of Yuri and over a hundred prisons. When prisoners receive Christ and begin to share his love instead of their hatred, Satan loses ground. Society is much safer and becomes a healthier environment because of the salvation of these troubled men and women. This is a powerful example of restoring the kingdom of God to the earth and transforming society. To help you consider where your promised land might be found, 
I have listed here a few of the more than 600 social organizations we have registered with the government with a brief description of their mission. Victory is in your hands. Pastor Roman Trohine and his daughter church of the Embassy of God founded the Rehabilitation Center, Victory is in Your Hands. For more than five years, Pastor Trohine and his team have been making the most of their civil position and influencing the society life of their city, working to change the lives of addicts and their families. Through this Rehabilitation Center, thousands of people have asked for help and received it. During the summer, they organize a rehabilitation tent camp. The forestry organization, Staro Pestrovskoy, has helped their cause by giving them a section of forest on the bank of Kiev Reservoir. Other businesses have donated money for tents and other equipment necessary for campground living. In just two summers, over 100 addicts participating in the tent camp were rehabilitated and able to return to their families. Members of the center have organized a fast food restaurant called Smachno Tasty, using the profits to support the rehabilitation program. Leaders of Victory is in Your Hands are also working with children to teach them how to live a healthy life of joy and peace, according to Christian ethics and kingdom principles. The center takes care of children with HIV and counsels with their parents. This organization also organizes discos for young people along with other wholesome activities. And they are helping the poor and restoring the land through such projects as planting seedlings at boarding schools. They also carry out preventative inspections for narcotics, alcoholism, dangerous activities, and prostitution. Every year, more than 8,000 people and students are touched through this organization which has visited 20 schools, four colleges, and the Academy of Police of Ukraine. The Rehabilitation Center also offers spiritual and psychological help to patients of tuberculosis dispensaries. Svoboda, or freedom. Valerie used to be a criminal and a drug addict. Today, he is a pastor and missionary in Veprik Village. He sees the great potential in the outcasts of society when redeemed by the power of God. More than 600 people went through this rehabilitation center within the first two years of its operation. Leaders conduct social work in 56 schools and in 34 places around the Kiev and Zydomir regions, Borodinka area and Bielorussia. So remarkable are the success stories of former addicts that the administrators of Nesolon Village in Novogradvolinsky area have granted the rehabilitation center four hectares, about 10 acres, of land. Leaders of Zoboda have compiled the following statistics from different towns in of Ukraine and Russia, showing how many people have been helped from far and near. 300 drug addicts, 210 alcoholics, 50 people in depression, 30 schizophrenics, and 23 gamblers. Valerie not only helps them to become free from addictions, but also prepares them to be leaders and ministers. Some of them have become directors of similar rehabilitation centers, a prayer house which is being built by former addicts a couple of meters from their rehab center, is a tribute 
to the freedom God has given them. Once slaves of sin and saved today, they have been set free from addictions and are willing to praise God through their works. Work therapy helps those who have never worked to become working people. Through work to obedience, through obedience to humility, through humility to reflect the glory of God. The local newspapers are writing articles today about these outcasts that no one once wanted to remember. Today, they have established 500 rehabilitation centers in Ukraine and raised up a wonderful team that is prepared to go anywhere in the world. As a result, the devil has lost many servants who perpetrated crime and misery on society. To understand the great work of God in Valerie's life, it might help you to know that he actually came to the church the first time to kill me. Armed with two pistols, he was breathing fire because I had led his younger brother to Christ. This was regarded as a great insult to the Georgian Republic Mafia family. The only answer for that was to eliminate the source of threat to the family dynasty. As he was about to enter our church building, he suddenly collapsed with a heart attack. In the hospital, he had an encounter with Jesus, and the rest, as they say, is history. Postal Plus Postal Plus is a social organization that carries out various social missions, including prevention, teachings, and schools. More than 4,000 pupils have heard the truth about the negative influence of drugs, alcohol, smoking, and abortions. Consultation and rehabilitation. In afternoon and evening classes, in outpatient settings for alcohol and drug addicts and their families, more than 700 addicted people received consultations. About 200 people have gone through rehabilitation, and 50 of them have become free today. Rehabilitation of prisoners. Working with prison officials, more than 1,100 convicts and people under investigation have gone through trainings and individual consultations. Help for the homeless. About 500 homeless people have received food, medical, and psychological help. In November 2007, a permanent establishment for homeless people was put into operation. Pulso Plus actively cooperates with local government bodies, such as city council and social services, and illegal drug circulation control institution. They have staged peaceful demonstrations outside of pharmacies and other places that sold illegal painkillers containing opium. As a result, the illegal sale of tramadol was stopped. On another occasion, a demonstration of women against drugs was conducted with a wailing wall erected in the center square of Lviv filled with pictures of deceased drug addicts and alcoholics along with deformed children born to drug-addicted people. These activities have gained much publicity, with 33 articles about the work of the organization being published in notable periodicals, and 12 television programs have broadcast their efforts on leading channels in the city. David Musical School Most of today's society is involved in some form of musical expression, much of which today is destructive to the human psyche. In 1999, Natalia founded the International Charitable Fund of Development of Musical Art and Spiritual Culture David Musical School in Kiev. In 2000, the Musical Education Center, David Musical School, 
was opened with the goal to train singers and musicians professionally and spiritually to serve in churches as well as social spheres of art and culture. Natalia was not simply trying to utilize her vocation, but to influence thousands of other people's artistic careers. They work with representatives of major artistic spheres such as music, literature, art, cinematography, theater, circus, and others. The goal of the foundation is to extend God's kingdom in the sphere of art and culture. The best teachers from Ukrainian musical institutes of higher education work at this center. Their goal is to open branches of the center in more than 100 countries of the world. Prophylaxis Ministry Preventative Health Services Even though religion and schools are separate in Ukraine, NGOs such as Prophylaxis Ministry are able to bring the kingdom of God effectively to youth through educational facilities. Volunteers of the Prophylaxis Ministry go to the secondary schools with lectures about the destructiveness of smoking, alcoholism, and drugs, as well as abortion and crimes among youth. Today, this ministry has over 200 youth employed to work in the county's social system. At least 25,000 youth hear their lectures weekly. They work with headmasters and administrators of social and educational facilities, presenting their curricula to them. Many of these city leaders give testimony to the effectiveness of the discussions and youth activities that are being offered. These are having a significant impact on the youth of their city. Helping youth to preserve and cultivate a healthy lifestyle based on principles of the kingdom is a tremendous help to the future of society as educators understand. My prayer is that by relating to you a few of the specific ways that believers are making a difference in their communities, bringing people into the kingdom, and together extending the kingdom of God in their promised land in various spheres of society, you will be inspired and help to discover where you can make a difference as well. Destined for Transformation As a believer, you cannot function effectively without becoming a responsible member of the body of Christ on the earth, the church. Having said that, your primary responsibility is not to grow your church. Your primary responsibility is to extend the kingdom, which we will explore in more detail in the next chapter. When you are born again and come to the church, you are responsible to dedicate yourself to receive the foundational principles taught by members of the church. Then, you must become responsible, bringing others into the kingdom, and to spread the principles and lifestyle of the kingdom of God to the sphere of influence you have been given. For example, to fulfill your destiny means to saturate the vocation to which you have been called with the principles of the kingdom. Your influence on your colleagues, as well as on your family and friends, with the lifestyle of the kingdom of God, will bring more people into the kingdom and bring about the transformation to your community. As a mature believer, your calling is not just to sing in the church choir, become an usher, or participate in another church-oriented service. If you have an anointing or giftings for musical expression, of course you should make them available in your church gatherings. As you gather, serve in any way that you can. But that is not to be your primary or only ministry. 
Too many Christians have adopted the erroneous religious philosophy that they are called to minister to the church, while others are called to be missionaries to the world. That is not biblically correct. The reason the kingdom of God is in your heart is so that you can spread the glory of God throughout the earth where you have been given influence. That is the meaning of the Great Commission. Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. Mark 16:15. That command is not given to missionaries or just specific, specially called individuals. It is a command for all believers. Serving each other, when we gather, does not somehow exempt us from the responsibility to go into all the world. We are all obliged to carry the Great Commission out as followers of Christ. As a mature believer, you are supposed to be committed to the increase of the kingdom in the world, to the victory of the kingdom of God over the kingdom of darkness. That is not the same as increasing your visibility or position or influence in the gatherings of the local church. The glory of God is extended through believers throughout the earth, so that, as the prophet declared, the earth shall be filled with the knowledge and the glory of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. Habakkuk 2.14 For example, in the Embassy of God, we established an institute called the Center for the Restoration of Personality and Societal Transformation. We encourage every member of the church who is a mature Christian and feels the burden to do something more significant in society to study at this center. There, they are taught how to minister to the needs of people and restore their personalities to see them transformed by the power of God and become world changers who will go and transform the society. This curriculum has helped so many people who graduated from the center to find their calling, giftings, talents, and thereby make a positive contribution to the local society. They have since graduated over 12,000 students. Melnick Victoria, a student of the Word, has dedicated her entire life to this task. Her influence is felt broadly as a citizen of Ukraine, who is president of this very large social organization, in the science sphere as a professor in the State Academy, and in educational circles as author of many scientific articles, methodology manuals, and texts for higher education. The Center for Personality and Societal Transformation gives unique opportunity to explore the basis of human nature and introduce kingdom values and principles to forge a healthy society. The Center has become a very powerful educational institution and a bridge between broken society and the church. As the president of this center, Victoria is using her God-given ability and wisdom to develop strong, powerful leaders. She has gathered a talented team of scientists, lawyers, doctors, political leaders, and sportsmen who lead more than 50 affiliates in nine countries. They are transforming lives in various spheres of influence. Ingrown Focus for too many pastors, the focus of their ministry becomes ingrown. They are completely absorbed in church activities. They get people saved and then figure out what they can do to establish them in attendance and giving to their church. They try to give them something to do in the church that will make them feel important and needed. They teach them not to go back to the world because the world is bad. While there is truth in all of these approaches, 
The end result is for the pastor to build his church and help people make it to heaven as their central focus instead of extending the kingdom throughout the earth. This can result in church leaders exploiting members to build a big church in order to bring more people into their church gatherings. They create unceasing activity, entertainment, and even good deeds to make people feel useful. These church-centered tactics result in a closed church, infighting, jostling for position, and sometimes church splits. Willow Creek Community Church, located in northwest suburban Chicago, Illinois, was founded by Bill Hybels over 30 years ago. It is a non-denominational church with weekly attendance of about 23,500, according to Hartford Seminary's database of megachurches. It is considered one of the top three most influential churches in America. Willow Creek was designed specifically for seekers, or what they call people far from God. Known as the seeker-friendly movement, the Willow Creek Association has been influential for thousands of churches who purchased their resources and adopted their approach because of its apparent success. While it is to be commended for its passion to see unchurched people become followers of Jesus, recently its founder, Bill Hybels, apologized publicly for making a mistake in their approach to winning the lost. According to research involving their church attendees, the multitude of activities they have continually provided, the millions of dollars they have spent on their program-driven church to inspire participation has not resulted in mature believers who love God and seek Him. After spending 30 years creating and promoting a multi-million dollar organization driven by programs and measuring participation and convincing other church leaders to do the same, Hybels confesses, We made a mistake. What we should have done when people crossed the line of faith and become Christians we should have started telling people and teaching people that they have to take responsibility to become self-feeders. We should have taught people how to read their Bible, how to do the spiritual practices much more aggressively on their own. Our dream is that we fundamentally change the way we do church, that we take out a clean sheet of paper and we rethink all of our old assumptions, replace it with new insights, our dream is really to discover what God is doing and how He's asking us to transform this planet. While this humble confession may bring a needed adjustment to the seeker-friendly movement, it has not addressed the core issue for fulfilling the biblical mandate of the church. As we have discussed, the role of leadership in the church, according to the scriptures, is to equip the saints for the work of the ministry. It is to teach believers to become God-carriers to extend the kingdom throughout the earth. In other words, not only does participating in elaborate church programs that focus on building the church not bring people to true holiness and a mature fear of God, it does not address the true scriptural mandate of every believer. As leaders, we have to equip believers to become God-carriers, to take the life of God to the world. Believers must understand their destiny to bring others into the kingdom and to together transform their sphere of life through the principles of the kingdom by becoming salt and light to the world. 
forgotten in this priority of seeker-sensitive church buildings are the purposes of God that his will would be done on earth as it is in heaven, reclaiming the earth for the kingdom of God. This is to equip members to reclaim the territory, to take it from Satan, establishing kingdom principles, lifestyle, atmosphere and environment, in every institution and expression of life. This is to restore every sphere of life to a God-centered philosophy and transform the world of finance, politics, the arts, entertainment, education, medicine, social services, into God-centered entities. Focusing totally on the gospel of salvation requires keeping members from becoming bored as they go about the endless task of focusing on church activities. Leaders teach members to submit to complete obedience to the church philosophy and its priorities. Sometimes they warn against rebellion, which might include missing a church function to serve a needy person in the community. Leaders who teach only the foundational principles of salvation keep members coming to all their meetings, listening to the teaching, trying to keep them interested and involved. After a lifetime of service, they are often still listening and focusing on their church's programs, surrendering their life in service to their church. Instead of teaching people to seek first the kingdom, which activates the promise that all these things will be added, pastors try to keep members focused on the well-being of the gathering of local church. They teach that if they give generously to the church, their needs will be met. Some teach just keep giving to the church and you can have everything you want, the prosperity doctrine. So the members begin to pursue their desire for things, houses, cars, shoes, blackberries, plasma TVs. They think that because they are giving to the church, God is prospering them to seek after these things. Jesus prohibited us from seeking things, teaching that the Gentiles, those who did not care about God, seek for things. He instructed all of us to seek first the kingdom, to make the extending of his glory throughout the earth as our priority, our life pursuit, and our passion. Then, everything we need will be added as his provision for becoming a restorer of the kingdom and the will of God on the earth. That is a different motivation from what is taught in many churches today. This partial gospel of salvation, which focuses only on growing the gatherings of believers, has to a large extent put man back on the throne, focusing on his own life, his selfish interests, and his own personal kingdom. Many churches teach believers that God wants to save you, then he wants to make you holy, then he wants to bless you, everything is about you. This becomes a man-centered message which teaches people to come to church to get their needs met, to have a spiritual experience, to feel good about themselves. So God becomes a stepping stone to get what they want, to make their lives better. As a result, being a Christian is not about serving God. It is about God serving them. So God is not God. You are God and demanding that God serve you. In America, the widely popular seeker-sensitive approach to bringing unsaved people to church focuses on felt needs of the people, including questions facing life such as job, family, relationships. 
Sermons are designed to help a person to live more fully and successfully in a hectic society. The service is designed to be entertaining, non-threatening, and focusing on the needs of the people. People come to church to get God to meet their personal needs, like some genie in a bottle. D. Martin Lloyd-Jones, pastor of Westminster Chapel in London, wrote, quote, Any teaching that starts with us and our needs rather than the glory of God is unscriptural and seriously unscriptural. That subjective approach is what has led many astray for so many years, end quote. Being seeker-sensitive and leaving out the message of Jesus as Lord is an incomplete and anemic gospel. The Principle of Lordship Those who preach the whole gospel understand that when we receive Christ, we also make Him Lord of our lives. This principle of the kingdom involves the cost of discipleship, which Jesus taught clearly. Then said Jesus unto his disciples, If any man will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whosoever will save his life shall lose it, and whosoever will lose his life for my sake shall find it. Matthew 16, 24 Verily, verily, I say unto you, Except a corn of wheat fall into the ground and die, it abideth alone. But if it die, it bringeth forth much fruit. He that loveth his life shall lose it, and he that hateth his life in this world shall keep it unto life eternal. John 12, 24 and 25. The whole gospel involves the principle of making Christ Lord of your life, dethroning self, putting Christ on the throne, taking up your cross, and following him. Jesus said, If any man serve me, let him follow me. And where I am, there shall also my servant be. If any man serve me, him will my father honor. John 12, 26. Churches that are filled with Christians who are honoring themselves are not worshiping God. They are worshiping themselves. That is called idolatry. Many churches are filled with idol worshipers who think they are going to heaven. Which heaven? The one you created? We cannot violate the principle of lordship, discipleship, or any other kingdom principle without suffering the consequences of deception and defeat. If we are not pursuing God and His purposes, becoming addicted to His kingdom priority, we are merely serving God to be blessed by Him and using Him to meet our needs. The kingdom reality is that God is the sovereign Lord. I am His slave, a tool in His hands. He is love, and I am created for Him, and to extend the benefits of the kingdom as an act of love. I can know no greater blessing than to be a servant in His benevolent kingdom. John the Revelator had a glimpse into heaven and saw the twenty-four elders falling down before the throne of God, casting their crowns before Him, and saying, Thou art worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power, For thou hast created all things, and for thy pleasure they are and were created. Revelation 4.11 And the Apostle Paul revealed the preeminence of Christ in his prayer for the Colossian church, giving thanks unto the Father, which hath made us meet to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in light, 
who hath delivered us from the power of darkness, and hath translated us into the kingdom of his dear Son, in whom we have redemption through his blood, even the forgiveness of sins, who is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of every creature. For by him were all things created, that are in heaven and that are in earth, visible and invisible, whether they be thrones or dominions or principalities or powers. All things were created by him and for him. And he is before all things, and by him all things consist. And he is the head of the body, the church, who is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in all things he might have preeminence. Colossians 1, 12-18 Creator of all things, Savior of all mankind, the head of the body, the church, Christ has preeminence over all. As redeemed sons and daughters of the King, our priority, our passion, our addiction, our life pursuit is to be centered in extending the kingdom of love and light throughout the whole earth. Then what about my needs, you ask? When I submit my life to the Lordship of Christ, there is no problem with receiving what I need. When I seek the advancement of His kingdom and the victory of His kingdom, all these things will be added. That is the promise of the kingdom. And I have proved that reality in every area of my personal life. The foundational principles of repentance, faith, and baptisms are good. We need them. But many churches have distorted the purpose for them. We don't repent just to join a church. Repentance is for the purpose of gaining entrance to the kingdom. Faith is absolutely necessary for every believer. The scriptures declare that without faith we cannot please God. Hebrews 11.6 Yet faith is not to be used primarily to get what you want from God. It is to make it possible for you to please God. How do we please God? We please God when we do His will. What I cannot do in my own strength to extend His kingdom rule, I am able to believe God to do through me, to make me His channel, to become an instrument to bring His will to pass on the earth, to do exploits that are not possible for man. You can use your faith to buy a new car. I will use my faith to win a nation to Him. The purpose of faith is to empower you to fulfill divine destiny as Abraham did who believed God and became a father of nations. The foundational principle of baptisms, baptism, baptism in the Holy Spirit, is vital to every believer. We need to understand all the basic foundations of the kingdom for empowering us to go on to perfection. We are sent into the world as Jesus was sent, to establish the kingdom of God throughout the earth. We are to become God-carriers, kingdom-carriers, into every sphere of life. According to the words of Jesus, until this gospel of the kingdom is preached, he will not return to earth. I am on a journey. I am a crusader determined to change the faulty concepts of church as usual. I am challenging believers to embrace the gospel of the kingdom that requires that they live for the king only, that they embrace the principle of his lordship, which involves personal discipleship, and restoring people to the kingdom, and together restoring the dominion and the domain of the earth to the King of Kings, Christ Jesus our Lord.
This kingdom message is the priority, the heartbeat of God, and should become ours as well. We are to leave behind the basics, the fundamental principles, and go on to maturity to be filled with the glory of God and be instruments to spread His glory over the whole earth. We are not to focus just on the benefits of the kingdom, but to embrace the attributes, the character, the values, the principles, and the priority of restoring dominion of the earth to the king. This is the message of the Lordship of Jesus Christ. It is all about God. Ultimately, it is not about the church. It is not about Christians. It is about God wanting to have a copy of heaven on the earth. God created the planet earth and mankind in his own image to be just like him. As God is managing the whole universe, he created mankind to manage the earth for him, to have dominion over the earth as he does over the universe. That is why we are made in his image and likeness, to rule and be Lord over the earth as he is Lord over the universe. The scriptures call Jesus the last Adam, 1 Corinthians 15.45. One of the principles of the Creator is that small things contain the inherent ability to grow into larger ones. What started with one person is now six billion people in the world. So the kingdom of God started in miniature in the Garden of Eden. What God had planned to do originally through Adam and Eve, He accomplished through His Son, Jesus. He came to restore the original purpose of God, which is to bring the kingdom from heaven to the earth and make the earth a reflection of heaven. When Jesus came, He wanted us to rejoice that He had brought it back. The original purpose of God was being fulfilled. He had brought the kingdom of heaven to earth in miniature, a temporal reflection of an eternal reality, just like it was originally created in Adam. Because mankind fell from grace through disobedience to the laws of the kingdom, the glory of God was lost from the earth. When that divine glory was removed from the earth, Adam and Eve saw their nakedness. They were no longer covered by the presence of God. But Jesus brought back that glory and gave it to all who would receive him, giving them the power to become children of God. And he established the church to equip the saints to do the work of the ministry, to establish the glory of God throughout the earth as he did. Christ promised that we would do greater works than he did because he went to the Father and gave us the Holy Spirit. John 14, 12. We need the church to help us mature, to grow into sonship and not be children anymore. The scriptures instructs us to grow in the knowledge of God, Ephesians 4, 13. We are to study to show ourselves approved, workmen that need not be ashamed, 2 Timothy 2, 15. We need to know the principles and truth of the kingdom of God so that we can become immersed in doing the will of God. Then, we are to let our light shine in the darkness of this world so that many others can be redeemed. As I wrote in my book, Church Shift, it is the principles of the kingdom that bring people to Christ without alienating them through religious dogma. In five years, two million people have come to Christ at the altar of our church. We thank God that we are being used to win the lost. But the truly amazing thing is that this has not taken place through evangelism, crusades, or traditional methods of sharing the gospel. 
Rather, people have come to the church and come to Christ because of the example of many thousands of Christians putting kingdom principles to work outside of the church. The heart of our discovery is that you don't need to promote religion or church for people to want to come to Christ. Rather, kingdom principles will draw people. You don't even have to mention anything spiritual or religious. In fact, it's sometimes better not to. When you take God's principles into society, they simply work. These principles of the kingdom are not society or culture-based. They are not limited to success in any specific type of political government or cultural mindset. The principles of the kingdom are biblical truth, and they work for all of humanity when embraced by believers who learn to walk in them in obedience to the Great Commission. In order for the church to become the instrument of God for righteousness on the earth, as it is ordained to become, leaders and believers alike must understand the absolutism of the kingdom and the relativity of the church. In the next chapter, I will discuss the scriptural understanding of these two divine entities, the kingdom and the church, and their relationship to each other in the eternal economy of God. Kingdom Prayer First, I invite you to pray with me again for divine revelation into the profound purpose of the kingdom of God and your destiny as part of that kingdom. Dear Jesus, please continue your work in my life to illuminate my mind and impact my heart with the passion of your Father's heart. Let me be part of the answer to your petition, Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Help me to embrace the principles of the kingdom and influence those around me in such a way that they will desire to come to you. Let me be a God-carrier to the sphere of life to which you have called me. Thank you, Lord. In your name I pray. Amen. Kingdom Principles from Chapter 4 Number 1. The kingdom of God is a spiritual reality filled with divine power to transform individual lives, communities, and nations. Number two, the principles of the kingdom must be revealed to us by the Holy Spirit. Number three, kingdom principles have as little to do with religion today as they did in Jesus' day. Number four, Jesus presented the comprehensive truth of the kingdom of God in two parallel aspects, the gospel of salvation and the gospel of the kingdom. Number five, believers are admonished to go on to perfection, not focusing all their spiritual life on the foundational principles listed in Hebrews 6.1. Number six, Jesus said the end would not come until the gospel of the kingdom is preached in the whole world. Number seven, transformation of society, subduing the kingdom of darkness to the dominion of the kingdom of light, is the assignment, the destiny, of the church. Number eight, to fulfill your destiny as a believer means to saturate the vocation to which you have been called with the principles of the kingdom. Number nine, the whole gospel involves the principle of making Christ Lord of your life, dethroning self, putting Christ on the throne, taking up your cross, and following him. Number ten, as redeemed sons and daughters of the king, 
Our priority, our passion, our addiction, our life pursuit is to be centered in extending the kingdom of love and light in the whole earth.